0: Whether you're the storyteller or the listener, stories teach, inspire, heal and connect. Welcome to Journeys of Motherhood, where everyday mums share their extraordinarily ordinary stories. Hello and welcome to the podcast Journeys of Motherhood. My name's Kirsten Bausen and I'm a clinical psychologist and I own and operate the business called The Conscious Mother. So for me, I am all about supporting mums on their journey into and throughout motherhood because it's a pretty profound experience. It's pretty life-changing and I know all of this is really, really cliched. Um, But I guess I know that sometimes it can bring us to our knees, but at the same time, it can also give us an enormous opportunity for growing as women. And that's really what I love doing. But I also love sharing women's stories because I know for me that I have experienced for myself the power of sharing my own story and how healing that was for me. And likewise, it's been really, really helpful for me on my motherhood journey, particularly in the early years, to be able to hear the other stories of other mums who've kind of walked that path before me. And so, really, that's how the Journey of Motherhood podcast came about. I wanted to be able to offer an opportunity for women to share their stories. And I also wanted to be able to op- offer an opportunity for women to hear other women's stories in the hope that they would be truly helpful for them and that they wouldn't feel quite so alone and maybe get some tips along the way and hear themselves in those stories. Now today I have the lovely Kim Stone (laughs) joining me today. So hi Kim, thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it.
1: Hi Kirsten, thanks for having me.
0: No worries, Um, Yeah. so as you know, the Journeys of Motherhood is really about sharing your story and I know, the funny thing is, the motherhood journey is huge and I know you've got a Little Miss Two and a Little Miss Five, uh, Mr Five, sorry, so you've been doing this motherhood gig for obviously five years now and there's a million and one stories that you could, you know, I guess share with everyone. Um, but I know that there's a particular part of motherhood that you, um, I guess, found both at times a bit of a challenge, but also something that you've now f- worked your way through, you know, this problem that you've solved um, and you've come out the other side in a much steadier um, and better place. And so this is what you want to share with other mums I believe.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah, so I guess for me the biggest change with motherhood uh, was actually to do with my career. Um, Mm -hmm. So before I became a mum, I worked full-time and I built up a a pretty incredible career uh, as a town planner. Um, Mm -hmm. I was very devoted to my career, as a lot of Mm -hmm. people are before they have kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And then when I had my first child, um, I... I felt completely different and I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to devote so much of myself and my time to my career, uh, mm-hmm. which is funny because when I was pregnant, um, I think we were, I was about six months pregnant and my husband and I were looking at daycare centres uh, and I said to my husband, because uh, I wasn't having a very enjoyable pregnancy and, okay. um, and I wasn't even sure that I was going to be a very good mother, to be honest. Um, I, had a lot oh, of wow. doubts. I had a lot of doubts about that as well when I was pregnant. And I said to my mm-hmm. husband, if I don't like being a mum, can we just put the child in full-time daycare and I'll just go back to my career? Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, yeah, sure, of course, whatever you want to do. Um, and then, you know, after I had my child, um, it's quite funny reflecting on that because I felt completely different. Um, I mm-hmm. had almost the opposite feeling of... Mm how can I leave this child and go back to my career?
0: Mm, Wow, Uh, that's completely the opposite from full-time daycare.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I still still haven't gone to full-time daycare five years on. Oh, there you go. I know some people do, and that's totally fine. Um, But I Mm. guess you never know what it's going to be like and how you're going to feel Mm. about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so when you had Mr. Five, um, and, you, you know, you obviously said you didn't feel like you did to or wanted to put him in full-time daycare. Um, you know, and that was very different to that kind of um, doubt that you had. So the doubt didn't come to fruition. What was, what happened for you in terms of your career after having Mister a five?
1: Uh, so after the first couple of months of, you know, learning the ropes with motherhood, um, which is a very mm. intense and overwhelming time, um, it's a very yeah. steep learning curve I found, um, once that all settled and we were in our routines, um, I was actually missing my career. Uh, and it's the first time that I'd ever taken that much time off work. Uh, and yeah. um, I suppose before I had children, my career was the main part of my identity. Mm. Uh, So I was really itching to get back to my career, even though I was enjoying motherhood. um, Yeah, it just felt like something was missing. A large part of me was missing by not returning to my career. So uh, I only took maternity leave for eight months, uh, Mm -hmm. and then I went back two days a week um, because, um, yeah, I didn't want to put him into daycare for two. And that was really, I guess, the... um, at that point in my life, the pain of missing my career was greater than the pain of putting him into some daycare. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which I then had a different experience with my second child because the pain of putting her into daycare actually for a little while outweighed the pain of missing my career.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. What do you think that's about?
1: Uh, well, (laughs) My son didn't have the easiest transition into daycare. Um, mm. There was a, a lot of emotional drop-offs for both of us. Um, mm. He was he was well cared, cared for, um, but it did take uh, a few months for both of us to get used to that. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. So it was a bit of not wanting to repeat that experience with your daughter. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 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 So... What I'm really interested in and, and I'll, you know, kind of be honest here when I, when I say it is, you know, because I'm also a mum who's always loved my, my career and my work and I call myself and other mums like me ambitious mums, I'm curious about what, what was going on for you that you felt something was missing when, you know, up until obviously returning to work. Yeah, how, how did you know that going back to work was the answer?
1: That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose I, I didn't know for sure that it was the answer.
0: Yeah.
1: But I felt like I had to try. Mm. And I, I guess I didn't feel that sense of purpose and meaning, even though obviously being a mum is a very meaningful thing. Um, on a day-to-day level, I felt like it was all a bit same-same mm. uh, and I was missing the challenge, I suppose, of um, and yep. the intellectual stimulation of my career uh, and yep. also the social aspects as well. You know, sometimes being at home with a baby, even if you have a terrific mother's group, which I did have, mm. um, and mm. we would meet every week, um, mm. it can still feel isolating.
0: Um, mm. Yeah. I think that's actually one of the the biggest shocks that I found, and I certainly hear it from other mothers as well, is that isolation. You never kind of expect motherhood to be so lonely. Um, But it can be, even though, as you said, you had a great mother's group and you met every week. Yeah, it's still kind of part and parcel, many days and nights, and you die, and days turn into nights, turn into days, <laughs> turn into nights, um, and so it is very groundhog. And um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's something that I like to, I guess, talk about with expectant mums, you know, people who are waiting to have their first baby, um, not to be all doom and gloom, but just, just kind of give them the heads up that it's quite a, a, a normal experience to feel that isolation. Um, and I, But I guess for me, coming back to the career thing, um, yeah, I mean, I can really relate to what you were talking about. And I know that for me as well, you talked about your identity and how tied up your career was in who you were as a person. And I think for me, returning to work um, was very stabilising for me. Not that I necessarily would have described myself as unstable. <laughs> Um, but it just felt really familiar and I felt really competent um, in my working life, whereas finding the ropes of motherhood, hood, you just often feel as though you don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, so, yeah, I think there'd be a lot of mums out there who could really relate to you talking about, you know, wanting that intellectual stimulation, um, wanting to go back to something that's been so a part of who you are. Um, wanting to break up the groundhog day, but also that how do I do that and not need so much daycare? You know, what, what is acceptable level of daycare? And I'm kind of curious to hear, because it is very individual, um, and of course some mums mm. wouldn't want to entertain daycare at all, but how did you, was that a hurdle for you? Or was, was daycare something that was quite, yep, yeah, I can do that in two days feels fine?
1: Uh, To be honest, daycare was our only option apart, well, Mm -hmm. apart from getting a nanny, but that can be quite expensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, we don't have a lot of family to support us. Um, And yeah, I suppose in my mind, I just accepted that daycare was something that we had to do if I wanted to return to my career. Uh, I was very lucky that I could do that two days a week initially. Um, But to be honest, uh, after I think it was two months of two days a week, I realised that, um, well, initially I chose two days because you're at home most of the week. Um, Mm. But then Mm. I realised that two days a week is very challenging because you don't necessarily get meaningful work. And I was getting to the end of the second day and I was feeling like, oh, if I just had another day, I could really get some momentum on the project that I was working on. Uh, and then, of course, when your child starts daycare, there's all the sick leave that you have to take, mm. uh, inevitably. <laughs> uh, yeah. Particularly with the first child, they pick yeah. up every germ going. Yeah. So sometimes two days a week was no days a week or one day a week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yes. It's very challenging. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I found and three, days a week, three days a week was a better balance.
0: Okay, it's funny you say that. That was always my main number when my kids were little. twos. three, three days just felt like the right, the right proportion and balance for me. Um, so, how was the going? What was the reality like for you of going back to work, back to something that you did know so well?
1: Uh, the reality was that on my first day, I probably felt even though I was returning to almost exactly the same role as I had before having a child I mm. felt very nervous mm. and I felt like I was undercover I felt like I didn't want everybody to to judge me for becoming a mum and I was worried about how I was going to be men- mentally focused I suppose on Mm -hmm. my work at work with a child somewhere else that I was obviously still thinking about Mm. Uh, so yeah it's actually the reason the entire reason that I started my blog um, because it's called Undercover Mum and it's that feeling that you're um, you know you've got this double identity you're a career woman but you're also a mum and how do you make that work and you Mm. know you want to appear professional and I really wanted to be reliable like I was before I had kids and I wasn't yes. sure that I could be reliable as a mum in the workplace. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I mean, the, you're, you're speaking not only my language but so many other mums that I speak with. And only, only yesterday I made the comment to a mum that she was trying to be a, the career, a career woman who didn't have a child um, and a mum who didn't have a career. <laughs> you know despite the fact that she had children so she was really trying to live her life as if um, each one of those things didn't coexist um, and yet the reality is she was both of those things She was both a career woman and a mother um, and I'm just I mean I, obviously I can I can speak to my own experience I can speak to other mums that I work with but I'm really interested in in hearing from you what made that difficult for you what why did you feel undercover why weren't you out and proud that yeah I'm a career woman and (laughs) to all my colleagues I'm also a mother of this most gorgeous boy and I'm just going to cluck over him and tell you all about him
1: (laughs) yeah I guess I I was harboring a lot of fears and doubts about my ability to perform in the same way that I had before. So I'm, mm. I'm actually a self-confessed overachiever. <laughs> um, and Hand on heart. <laughs> yes, I am. And mm-hmm. I was having some serious doubts about whether, you know, that I could maintain that as a mum.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Because you, it doesn't, you don't just shut off that part of your life when you walk into work. I mean, you can learn to, sort of. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at any moment, daycare could call me And, Mm. um, you know, you're basically on call when you're a mum and you've got Mm. your child in daycare. Mm. Uh, Mm. I mean, it's not just me. My husband also shares that responsibility. Um, But at that point in time, I felt like it was all on me. And, um, yeah, yeah, the the fear of being, you know, that person at work who has to say, oh, I've got to go and collect my child. I'm done for the day even though I'm only here Mm. two days a week
0: Mm. um, Mm. is tricky yeah i think um you know most of us who've built careers um particularly careers that we're aware of achieved things um we've done that because we are reliable we are pretty persistent and hard working and you know we put our heart and soul in it so it's quite a shock when we realize we can't do that anymore um you know that's a massive adjustment in and of itself so at what point did you kind of make the decision that, look, this this isn't working for me, working um, in that particular role, or, you know, I want to create some other um, opportunities, or I need to approach this differently, or think about it differently. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, so quite a few things happened um, in that first six months for me. Um, actually, it was about three months, it was not six months. Um, mm-hmm. So I suppose I realised that some of the fears and doubts that I had were just that, that they weren't mm-hmm. actually true. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, could, I, could be, I could be reliable and I could be hardworking and a mum, but I also realised pretty quickly that the, the role that I was in, it had actually changed um, while I was on maternity leave and also being part-time. Um, It wasn't the same as working full time. And I did realise pretty quickly that it wasn't, the work wasn't meaningful enough for me. So I realised that if I was going to spend any time Mm -hmm. of my week away from my son, it had to be super meaningful, like never before. Um, So I started looking for other opportunities uh, Mm -hmm. and I was very fortunate to um, connect with someone who I used to work with who offered me in a different organisation who offered me a part-time role three days a week? Mm. Yeah, so I guess yeah, I realized that you know having that that purpose and meaning was really important, but also learning to focus on work at work and also focusing on home life at home and not thinking about work was something that came with practice and um, you know almost almost compartmentalizing where possible.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that you also found that if you were going to be away from your son, that it really needed to have that importance and that value and that meaning to it. Um, you know, it really fits with, I guess, that that um, reality that often having children forces us to, you know, reprioritize and evaluate what's important to us. Um, yeah, and so for you, it sounds as though that was quite a critical part of that change.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely.
0: Mm. And a very and, and it was so, a very
1: positive thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, how did you then? You new job, new role, amazing. You know, it, it's it's <laughs> it's um, you know so amazing that you're able to clear conscious put son or keep your son in daycare. How did that go? How did that go, that transition into a new role while your mum?
1: Yeah, it was, it was pretty smooth, to be honest. Um, mm. I, I did have to arrange with my husband, though, that when I went into that new role, because it was a totally new role, um, mm. if there was a need for anyone to take um, carer's leave for our child, yep. it would have to be him at least short term, yeah, um, yeah, and and that was fine. Yeah, but yeah. I think if, I think it would have been okay as well um, if yeah. if I didn't have that support.
0: Mm, mm. It sounds as though he's also really on board with you know with supporting you in what fills your cup and what keeps you really happy and having meaning in your life.
1: Yeah, well, I guess one of the things that um, that I've heard other mums struggle with as well is you know, that for often, not always, but often for dad, his life doesn't change as much. He gets to continue on with his career um, and Mm. he may not get to spend as much time with the new child as maybe he would like. Um, Mm. But I found sometimes I found myself thinking, you know, the only reason that my son has to go into daycare is because of me, um, which which is not Mm. actually true.
0: Mm. Yeah, you, we have to catch ourselves, I think, with that thinking. Um, yeah, I, and I, gosh, my, my son is actually 17 today, my eldest. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, he just sent a picture of him with his pee plate. So he literally just got his peas. Um, but, um, you know, my youngest is nine and so, you know, I, well, I'm in a different stage of life at the same time. If Isaac or, or Jacob, my younger kids are sick, then they still need a parent home with them, you know, if they need to stay from school. Um, And it is really, really easy to kind of think, well, first and foremost, you know, it should be me that goes and collects them from school and stays home from work. Um, And also, secondly, that same concept of, oh, I'm still working at school holidays. Um, I'm going to ask so-and-so if they can have the kids to do me a favour, you know, as opposed to to do us a (laughs) favour. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I think we... Uh, are very quick to not necessarily share that responsibility with our partners and I think that's a massive change that needs to happen kind of on a really global scale I guess where we start to be more inclusive and being more inclusive also means them accepting more responsibility for those kinds of parts of parenting.
1: Absolutely yeah I agree. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah so um, you mentioned your blog as well (laughs) and I'm really curious to know um, a lot more about it but also what would be what I'm interested in is whether you noticed an evolution in your own writing and you know I imagine most blogs are um, great accounts of our own personal growth I think Uh, and it'd be really lovely to hear because you've been doing it for a while now haven't you?
1: Yeah two years.
0: God, that's good commitment. <laughs> yeah, so share a bit about us, um, with us, about, you know, what what started you, you know, why why blogging and what did you start talking about and how has that changed over the period of two years?
1: Uh, so uh, when I started my blog, it was all about my return to work uh, mm. the, the first time, uh, mm. which um is a little while ago now. It's about four yeah. years ago now. Yeah,
0: um, yeah.
1: So there, there was a bit of a gap there where I had the experience and then it took a while to I guess to process that and then I started mm. the blog. Mm. Um and yeah, my blog was really started to share all of those learnings. Um but it it has definitely evolved and um you know in the early days, like in the first year, I probably talked about things like mother's guilt a lot because um, I was experiencing that, yep. and now I don't experience that as much because mm. I have mm. gotten better at it. Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> um, it's interesting you say that. Sorry to interrupt. Um, I, I just know mother's guilt is everything is something that every mother knows about, um, and it's really lovely to hear you say I've gotten better at it because I guess some of, sometimes when I have a conversation with mums and they talk about overcoming mother's guilt, it's almost like I think it's it's a magic switch. You know, today I feel mother's guilt, um, but if I do this magical thing, (laughs) tomorrow I will never experience mother's guilt again. (laughs) Oh, if Um, only. I know, I know. How have you, I know I'm kind of interrupting, but it's such a big experience for mum. So what's worked for you in terms of, becoming better at not falling into that space of guilt as often.
1: Yeah. So, um, there's two examples, I suppose, from my own experience, um, when I used Mm -hmm. to experience mother's guilt a lot. Um, the first Mm -hmm. one is daycare drop off.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, and so after a while I realized that it, I was, well, I started to use, I guess, that feeling of guilt as a trigger to remind myself why I had decided to return to work, mm. why I needed to use daycare, um, mm. and that it wasn't a selfish thing, that it was the best thing for my family and also for me, but my yep. family as well. Um, yep. So that's one example. The um, yep. other example, um, when I used to feel guilt because I spent so much time at home initially looking after my son. Um, I used to feel quite guilty, believe it or not, when I would leave my son with his oh. father and go out to meet his <laughs> father. <family. laughs> I believe
0: that. I hear that a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. Which <laughs> sounds a little
1: bit ridiculous, but it, I think it, it, it's just something that you need to practice. Um, mm. So, you know, it does feel uncomfortable the first few times that you do it, but the more that you do it, um, I, the, more, the easier it gets and the more confidence that you have, that your child is going to be cared for. And it's the same with daycare as well. Um, Mm. Yeah, so it's all about practice and I suppose changing that mindset of, you know, thinking, oh, you know, something bad is going to happen or this is selfish to there is a good reason that this situation is happening and it will all Mm. be okay. Mm.
0: Yeah, I love that. It'll all be okay. I think that's really uh, a big one. And so is being able to remind yourself of the reasons why you're making different decisions, whether it's, you know, returning to work, how many days, what days, what happens with your child or children um, when you are at work, all of those decisions, if you can ground them really strongly in the why, as you said, um, I think it, it is quite, it, it's not a cure, but it's a bit of an antidote for guilt. Um, so I'd agree with you on that one. Um, but when I interrupted, you mentioned that, you know, in the early days of your blogging, that was one of the things you were blogging, um, a fair bit about. And now five years into motherhood, what are the kinds of things that you're either challenged by and, um, wanting to share and, you know, facing at the moment?
1: Uh yeah. So I wrote a blog post last month uh, mm-hmm. and it was actually a it was a reflection on Lisa Wilkinson's career move. Yeah. Um, but it was in the sense of the career move that I had made myself only recently. Uh, yeah. And and it was all about value, I suppose. Mm. Uh, so um you know a couple of weeks after all the media coverage around Lisa Wilkinson's career move mm. got me thinking you know we're, we're talking about gender gaps here but what we really should be talking about is value and yeah. the value that she has because of her experience and I, I just felt really uh, dumbfounded that nobody was talking about that mm. uh, and in my in my own career this year I had got to a place with my employer where I had felt that I wasn't being valued. Uh, and so Mm -hmm. I'd gone out looking for another opportunity and, um, and I suppose had realized my value by doing that. So yeah, yeah, there's the sorts of things that I, um, put on my blog now.
0: Yeah, that's. I think Lisa Wilkinson's career move has started many conversations, many really important conversations. Um, and I love that you, I guess, um, you know, that it was a prompt for you to step back and, you know, reflect. And even had you have done that and thought, no, no, I still feel very valued in my workplace. Fabulous. You know, that's, that's fantastic um, to take that moment, have a think, and then, you know, yep, all's good. Um, equally so for you you know realizing that you have an enormous amount of experience and um, that you check in with yourself as to whether you feel that's being recognized and valued and making a decision to back yourself um, that is really really cool because apart from the fact that it's just really cool (laughs) I also know that um, mums of particularly the younger age of children often stay pretty steady in their careers um until the kids are in full-time school you know i hear that a lot um, i'm just going to do this and tick along until the kids are in full-time school and i'm totally for that if that's genuinely what works for them um, but i often hear it with a little bit of either wistfulness or resentment um, that you know either yeah there's there's just a flavor that they're doing it and it's not necessarily what's right for them anymore so i'm a massive fan um any of the mums that i work with to really encourage them to constantly review where they're at where their family is at as well because obviously children change grow and change so much and therefore family life changes so much and it's very easy to make these decisions about what you're going to do and keep them ticking along for years and years and years. And they may no longer work, you know. Um, and sometimes the only time where we make really useful changes is because we've stopped and thought about is this still working for me. So it's really lovely. I mean, in many ways, you're such a role model for, for the career woman um, on so many levels, you know, going back to work, trialling it, realising, you know, it wasn't quite working for you, looking for other opportunities, managing guilt, <laughs> um, finding, finding what works and doing that for a period of time while it's working and then using something, you know, big, like Lisa Wilkinson to to take that step back and think, okay, is life still working for me now, or can I do something different? And you actually go and do that, like that's pretty impressive. Oh,
1: thank you. I think you make <laughs> it, I think you make a good point too about you know it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to it's okay to make a decision and then down mm. the track change your mind because I certainly have many times since I became a mum.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think there's there's no reason to feel any, any guilt or anything negative about change. Uh, I know change can be hard even when we choose it ourselves, um, mm. but, but long-term it's always worth it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think changing changing our mind can have such negative connotations, you know. Um, I think we at times worry a, that we're, you know, we're changing the rule on someone like our partner, you know, this is what we agreed we were going to do, but it, so I don't want to change that. Cause that's not fair. That wasn't what we agreed on. Secondly, I think women, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's something that's thrown our way in a really disrespectful way. Oh, women just change their minds um, as if it's as fickle or flaky or something. Um, and certainly from your story, there's nothing fickle or flaky about it. It's so grounded um, in uh, consideration and values and purposefulness. Um, Yeah, I can't think of better ways to go about change um, than what you've actually just lived yourself and done yourself. Um, So I really would love to see women free themselves up Uh, from that hole, this is what I decided to do and I must stick to it yeah (laughs) I can see you nodding (laughs) (laughs) oh dear so look in amongst I mean we could talk for hours um I think um, (laughs) there's so many things that we have in common and there's so much wisdom in you and I guess on that note I'd really love it. It's hard. I know you can't sum five years in one profound, you know, (laughs) sentence. But if there was something that you really um, do, is is there something you really want listeners to know about the whole having a career and being a mother gig? What would you love to share with them?
1: Yeah, look, my key message all along my journey mm. has been that I truly believe that you can have it all mm-hmm. uh, and and I genuinely mean that and I know that can sound to some people quite controversial um mm. but I think I think the people who um who find that controversial are perhaps have some limiting beliefs around, um, whether they can have it all or what that means. I mean, it it means different things to different people. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I would, I would love to see like you, I would love to see more women out there, um, you know, with career aspirations, but also family aspirations and finding, finding a way to make it work. And, Um, you know where there's a will there's a way and I really believe that and and I've experienced that in my career too Um, you Mm -hmm. know some of the opportunities that I um, that I have been given in my career since becoming a mother um, were not necessarily there but I found them um, they weren't advertised Mm -hmm. in the usual way but they were there
0: yeah yeah yeah, I love it. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> um, I definitely agree with that one. And I, I also love the idea of having it all. Um, I'm a believer of that. I know it's controversial as well because I've had it a few times publicly and been shut down um, <laughs> very, very quickly. But I guess when I, when I do try and qualify it and say exactly what you've said, having it all is different for everyone. I think if I can add one more thing to that as well, is having it all is different for even the same person at different stages of their life. Definitely. Um, There there are so many seasons in life, particularly once you add children into the equation. Um, And I know that what I wanted my work-life kind of gig to be looking like when my kids were little is very different to what I actually actively want it to look like now. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a massive believer in having it all, um, and I think others can too if they allow themselves to evolve, at, you know, evaluate, reevaluate, evolve, tweak, um, iterate, all those kinds of things um, over the course of their family life um, and careers. So yeah, I love that. Um, and I and
1: think just just to sorry, just to qualify. Um, I think another really important component of having it all is mm. not doing it all. Yay! So oh, I like that asking, too.
0: <laughs> asking,
1: asking for help is one of the main ways that you can actually have it all is yes. if you outsource things, you ask family or friends for assistance. Um, I yep. think the people who find having it all controversial somehow have it in their mind that they have to be the ones doing it all
0: yes yeah i agree i agree and i mean a big part of that as well is having a partner um who you know i guess has the perspective that they are parenting their children not babysitting their children yes um you know having those conversations about how you're going to parent together so that each of you are equally fulfilled as parents as people as workers um yeah I think that's a really critical component as well for those who are in relationships it's obviously tougher when you're single but I do know a lot of single mums who've built wonderful villages around them to be able to be great single mums and also have careers so it is a lot about how you approach things your your perspective for sure you said limiting beliefs and I would agree with that so yeah but coming back to motherhood, what's what's one thing um, in this journey of motherhood about motherhood that you are really grateful for?
1: The main thing that I'm grateful for is definitely my husband. Uh, he's mm-hmm. been incredibly supportive uh, and has encouraged me to, you know, pursue my career in whatever form that is um, whenever, whenever I want to kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, f- I feel very grateful for his support. Um, and, and I know that not everybody has that, which makes me even more grateful.
0: Yeah. So you got a good egg. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for um, sharing, you know, just a part of, you know, a really critical part, but a part of your motherhood journey so far. Um, Do you just want to tell us where people can read your blog?
1: Yes. It's www.undercovermum.com.au.
0: Excellent. Uh, And I
1: also have a Facebook page too.
0: By the same name, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, wonderful. All right. Well I um I can you know, imagine a whole bunch of ambitious mothers uh, like you and I <laughs> kind of checking you out, um and seeing other themselves in your writing, um, on your blog and in your posts. Um and it, as I said, it's just so it's always reassuring to know that there's other women who are in similar circumstances and who have similar challenges. Um, and really wonderful when you can draw some strength from that, some ideas of how to navigate those hurdles as well. So thank you for sharing all of that in such a public forum. Um, And, of course, thank you so, so much for coming on the Journey of Motherhood podcast. I really, really appreciate it. I've had lots of fun talking to you. We could natter for a long, long time. (laughs) Um, and, you know, maybe in a year's time uh, when you're looking at full-time school for one of your monkeys, Mr. Five, um, and you've done a bit of that, maybe we can have another chat again because that is a natural change in your family life. Um, yes, we are. Yeah, yep. yeah, interested to see um, how that goes for you. I have no doubt you'll, you'll step up to the challenge um yeah and and have a lot of wisdom to share as well so i'd love to have you back sometime if that's cool with you
1: absolutely yeah it's been great i've really enjoyed talking with you kirsten
0: excellent all right well thank you so much and to everyone tuning into this particular podcast uh i really really appreciate it I'm sure you've enjoyed listening to myself, and more importantly, to Kim's story. Do check out her website and her Facebook page, Undercover Mum. Yes, the English um, Australian spelling. <laughs> None of this M O M business. Um, and you know, there's so many other stories on the podcast uh, that are really, really worthwhile listening to. As I've said to you before. For me, we can listen to the stories, we can read stories of what celebrities go through when they have babies, <laughs> uh, but it is quite a different lifestyle that they're leading and quite a different world there living ins. And so for me, I really wanted to be talking to mums like you and I, and as I love to refer to them, because it is genuinely my perspective, they are extraordinarily ordinary mums and women. So tune in uh, to more episodes to listen to their stories. See you next time. Bye.